DJ and PK is brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Bob Garf passed away Sunday. His uh, daughter made the announcement on Facebook. The Tribune had a note in their story that uh, he and his wife had traveled to Palm Springs and uh, and uh, think they picked up uh, COVID-19 there. And the coronavirus uh, claimed his life yesterday. He was 77 years old. And PK, probably not as, uh, well, certainly not as high profile as uh, Larry Miller or maybe even as much as the Eccles or Huntsman family, but still really involved in the local sports scene on multiple levels. Um, The Utah Blitz soccer team, the Utah Blaze Arena indoor team, the Utah Sports Commission, chairman of the 2002 Olympics, hired Mitt Romney when everything was blowing up. He was right in the middle of hiring Mitt Romney to come in and uh, get things back on track. And recently, the Garf family with a big donation to help launch the uh, construction project in the south end zone. The, uh, you know, the whole stadium was redone in 97, but the south end zone dates to, I think, 1972. So they're taking out the locker rooms and updating that whole end zone and putting in luxury suites and a big donation there. So on a lot of levels, uh, Bob Garf was really involved, and a lot of the Utes, and you would expect someone, you know, as a big donor, obviously he would know Chris Hill and he would know uh, Mark Harlan. But I saw Morgan Scally uh, tweeting his condolences last night. Sharif Shaw this morning, my prayers are with the Garf family as they mourn the passing of Bob Garf. He was truly a remarkable man and a genuine supporter of Utah athletics. May God comfort your hearts. Uh, Kyle Whittingham tweeted out last night, we were extremely saddened to hear of Bob Garf's passing. He had a profound impact on the University of Utah and cared deeply for our student-athletes. He'll be greatly missed. Sending all my love to Kathy and the entire Garf family at this time. Uh, you, uh, you rubbed elbows with the Garfs a little bit uh, covering some of all this. Yeah, I hear you, DJ. See what I did there? Yeah, thanks. So that's her advertising That's a campaign. Garf tagline right there. <laughs> we hear you. <laughs> Always another level of genius to deal with. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I doubt they have any idea who I am, but uh, I was uh, a couple of things. They took they took several media members down to Phoenix. Uh, the so it would have been two thousand four, two thousand five. Uh, I think this was it spring of 2005. Yeah, I think when, spring of 2005 because you said uh, yeah. it was uh, it yeah. overlapped as as things tend to do. You had something really good going on, and then all of a sudden news breaks. You and BYU yes. coaches quitting. You have, you have timing. Yes, and so we were going to go down for a weekend in April, and asked me if I wanted to go, and I said sure, it'd be fun, and I represented. Uh, well, I guess I represented 1280 at the time because we would have been at 1280 the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went down. They took us down on a Friday, and we were going to see a game uh, that night. Uh, the Rattlers are going to play in uh, where they, uh, the arena downtown where the Suns play. And then uh, Danny White was going to be the coach. And you know, Danny, uh, to people from Phoenix, who's a big-time hero, still is. He is probably the most revered Sun Devil of all time. And when you throw Danny White's name around, people down there just get way excited. I mean I So is it like a I Stockton is it like a Stockton like thing with him? Yeah, it might be, but you know it's on a on It's pro not college, level. I get it's a little different. Uh, but still uh, 
Yeah, and he and he's a local guy too. You know, Stockton isn't a local guy. Right. He, to Danny White, the, that's been his home and and all that stuff. And you know, just this great quarterback, and obviously played for the Cowboys and everything, and also played in the College World Series too. I mean, he was a, a great baseball player uh, for the Sun Devils, and then he obviously went on to football. And so yeah, so then we were play golf the next day. Uh, with uh, Danny, I ended up playing nine holes with him, and then we had, I think it was lunch, and he sat around and talked about the nuances of indoor football. And I can remember telling my family, hey, I'm going to play golf with Danny White. And, oh, my goodness, <laughs> they were very impressed. <laughs> he was the rare sun devil who stayed home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Mesa. yeah, yeah. Gro- uh, I think it was born more in common in those days. Mesa, not Phoenix proper, but Mesa, I think. Yeah, I think he went to Mesa Westwood. Yeah. I, I'd have to double-check that, but I think that's where he went to high school. Yeah, and uh, I think he went to ASU with the intent of playing baseball, which he did, and then obviously in the Frank Kush system, and he was a phenomenal quarterback. And so we did all that, and the Garfs were responsible for that. And I hung with him with them on that point a little bit. And the funny thing is – when I land and get in Phoenix, I find out the freaking Steve Cleveland has resigned. <laughs> so I was covering BYU for the watchdog at the time. So I spent the whole game in the press room having to call people uh, to get that. And then the next day, so I went golfing with, uh, this isn't to take anything away from the Garfs because obviously they've made tremendous contributions to the community and we mourn the loss of uh, Mr. Garf, like the rest of the family does, but this is just a funny story. Uh, the next day, I went golfing in the morning, and then they were going to fly back right after that. Well, I stayed until Sunday and hung with family, so I went to my sister's house in Tempe, and I called Dave Rose, and Dave didn't really want to talk, and I had called him the day before, and so I called him, and he looked at the, he must have looked at the phone. He was in the car. But he thought he hung up, and he didn't hang up. And I could hear him talking, and I could hear the radio and whatnot. And I thought, well, i got to get a comment from him, and so I'm just going to wait him out. So I had the phone for that was on, and he didn't realize it was on. And I figured at some point he's going to pick up the phone again, and he's going to say hello, and I'm going to be on the other end of it. <laughs> and so I waited. <laughs> it's probably 45 minutes just waiting. <laughs> The stuff you do to get a quote. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And ultimately nobody will remember but you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had a job to do, man. I was going to do it. (laughs) And so I I just waited until he went to use the phone again. And I could tell he put the phone down on the front seat. and He was driving somewhere. And and I had known Dave. And he was like, Dave. And finally picks it up. And I said, Dave, I'm not going to burn you, but just get, get, give me some insight here. And so give me something so I can have something. And I think he gave me some benign quote, and obviously he ended up getting the job. But that whole weekend was uh, part of the Garfs uh, bringing in the blaze and getting the folks, the media folks involved. And if I remember, we used to have Danny on our show once a week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's coaching the yeah. team, the blaze. Yeah, and then here last March, a year ago, the Garfs, uh, the start of uh, one of the, I don't think it was the first day of practice, but it was over at the stadium, and they were going to make this huge announcement as far as what they were contributing, and the whole Garf family was there. So you had that opportunity to speak to them. And then at this point here, when that stadium gets done, 
I think it'll pretty much have everything that it needs to have. You know, it may not be the biggest stadium, but I, I don't care about that stuff. Uh, it's plenty, in my mind, plenty big enough. When you're on the field and the, the place is rocking, uh, recruits are very, very impressed. And then also, too, you know, they needed some improvement to that south complex, and the Garf stepped forward and are going to do it. And that's why you had Morgan and you had Kyle. And it wasn't just because of the money that they donated. It's the relationships that, that they had and the kind of folks that they were in our community and that's why I say to to the Garf family, heartfelt condolences in that situation there. Yeah, you look at uh, how many people went to games with all of these different teams, or in the case of the Olympics, the events, and had a lot of fun. And uh, and he was uh, plugging away behind the scenes, investing his own time and money, you know, to to make sure that stuff happens. So even if you don't know him, uh, or you know him a little, and you don't know him very well, uh, you know, a loss because he. You know, spent spent a lot of time and energy making uh, other people's lives more fun and creating entertainment opportunities for them. Right. Yeah. And 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 he's more pronounced in the community. And that's not to take away from anybody who's dying from this virus. It's all right. the same. I mentioned yeah. it on television yesterday. It's all the same. Whether you're 24 or you're what it doesn't matter what age you are. It's, yeah. There's it's a all the same. All yesterday. of us are right. all nervous, and that that's why I put that out there because I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, whatever it might be, and and there's a couple of more, you know, more famous people now. Uh, Bob Garf would be the, the example here locally, but uh, there was a country musician uh, out mm-hmm. there, and it's probably going to be more before there's less uh, of folks. And you know, we've heard of some more prominent people. They just they draw the publicity in, but you know, every single case it's still somebody's. It's always somebody's case bro- of death. Yeah. Yeah. Some, somebody's brother or sister, somebody's mom or dad, somebody's kid, somebody's cousin. Mm-hmm. It's always uh, tied in yeah. somehow. Yeah. Uh, to your point about that south end zone and what that's going to mean for the uh, Utes, uh, whenever you talk to whoever builds a new facility, and, you know, over time, you know, Utah, BYU, Utah State, we've seen them all build new facilities. When I was in uh, – when I was at UC Santa Barbara, they've since redone the, the baseball stadium and made it a lot nicer. But when I went there, it was essentially a high school field. I mean, that's really what it was. It was just, it was, maybe the bleachers were a little bigger than a high school, but they were still old weathered bleachers. And the baseball coach at the time told me that they had their whole, because he had to do it so many years, they had the whole recruiting weekend down where they took kids, what they did, how busy. Now, it's UCSB, and you got the cliffs and the beach and all kinds of stuff, right? He says, we bring them in here. We run them ragged for 36 hours or 48 hours, whatever it is, and then we get them out, and when they're leaving, they're like, hey, I don't know that I ever saw the field, but we keep them so busy they don't know. You know, and there's, so there's some things. Most schools are taking kids to the stadium and through the locker room, and the Utes, uh, I had a coach tell me probably 15 years ago, yeah, we, we leave the game day locker room off the tour. <laughs> that's not part of the tour. So that's one of the things getting rebuilt, and they won't have to leave that off the tour. No, when that happens, uh, it, that stadium, in my mind, will be complete. And I know you put out on Twitter about best stadiums and, and all that stuff, and you know, I differentiate. You got college football, you got pro football, you mm-hmm. got uh, MLB. You know, there, there's different categories that I would put in. But when you guys put that out there, I was thinking a day game. It's got to be a day game. A day game in the fall at Rice Eccles. 
I don't think there's anything finer in the country. And I've been to Ohio State, and I've been to the Big House, and I've been to LSU, and I've been to Alabama, blah, 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 uh, Florida State. And uh, you look at Rice Eccles, uh, and if, particularly from the press box, maybe I have a little bit, that's where I watch the games, uh, from the press box. And I look out one side, and I see the Great Salt Lake, and then I look to my right, and I could see those uh, the Mount Olympus and all that stuff. I mean, that thing is just as awesome as it can get. <laughs> and a lot of it is just the, the natural uh, landscape, and maybe they didn't have anything to do with putting yeah. the uh, Great Salt Lake and the mountains there. But, but it worked but out. Nevertheless. <laughs> right. Uh, and, yeah, a, a day a day game. It is just absolutely awesome. It really is. And there, I mean, BYU and Utah State and Weber are, are are beautiful too. But with the views that you have from Rice Eccles Stadium, and I've been to a lot of stadiums. Washington, obviously, with Lake Washington right there. I've been to that stadium several times. They're all that's awesome too. But for my money, Rice Eccles, it's it's right there with anybody's. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Steve Cleveland's coming up at 9 o'clock. We're going to talk to him uh, a little bit about what Mark Cuban has said about the NBA maybe starting up in mid to late May. And also, there have been suggestions that if the NBA does start up, it won't go back to what we knew. And there's multiple ways that they could tweak it. And one of the ideas is putting it in a city, in one city, and have them play all the games there. And... Uh, one thought is that Vegas might be that city. Multiple courts. Now, we've seen Vegas with multiple uh, competitions going on, right? Where the Pac-12 tournament and the Mountain West tournament and maybe the WAC tournament at the Orleans. And you got three tournaments going on at the same time. Can one city really handle 30 teams and trying to keep the distance and everything with it. The logistics of it are crazy, but if you're a basketball coach, you've been privy to the Olympics. We'll talk with, or to the Olympics. You've been privy to the, uh, just all the, all the details behind the scene that have to be ironed out. The logistics are, uh, are mind-boggling. We'll talk with Steve Cleveland about that, if the NBA might really be able to pull that off. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. ESPN NBA analyst Doris Burke and Boston Celtics guard Marcus Smart both announced over the weekend that they've been cleared after more than two weeks without symptoms of COVID-19. Both had tested positive for the disease and had been in isolation. Doris Burke saying she didn't have the energy to be out of bed for more than five minutes at a time while she was ill. New York Knicks owner James Dolan tested positive for the coronavirus. His NBA team said in a statement Saturday night that the 64-year-old Dolan is experiencing little to no symptoms and is self-isolating. The Big 12 will join other Power 5 conferences in allowing virtual meetings between athletes, coaches, and staff beginning today. Top of the Wire brought to you by Action Plumbing. Call Action Plumbing and get your winter furnace tune-up and safety check for $33 by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Man, I love Dallas. Really good sightseeing. You know, you can go to the Grassy Knoll, the Book Depository. Is it Depository? Why do I say Suppository? I was just going to let that slide. Yeah, one of those is not like the other. And you think, a book? That doesn't sound pleasant at all. I'm done with this book. Oh, no! Where would you Just li- keep it. Where would you like me to put it? I am done with it now. Go ahead and keep that encyclopedia. Yeah. 
A War and Peace. I'm not, not really interested in that. Pretty hefty book there. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, listen, Wednesday, for your chance to win tickets to the Chris Young Multi-Platinum Entertainer, Chris Young is bringing his Town Ain't Big Enough World Tour 2020 out on the road this summer, joined by special guests Scott McCreary and Peyton Smith. Sure to be Chris's biggest show yet, and one you won't want to miss. Your chance to see him live is Wednesday, June 10th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com, and you can win free tickets on the show. June 10, we'll see if that date holds up. I know a couple concerts have been... Uh, canceled and i guess now it comes down to pk as uh different entertainers decide hey i'm not doing the show then it's we're used to the sports it's kind of like a rolling calendar they just canceled the u.s open you know everything you know 30 to 60 days out but but concerts are different because when they decide not to do a show it seems like right now it's artists deciding okay i'm not going to do this tour so that any particular artist would be canceling dates in june july august whatever so it's a little different. Than, it's kind of the same as sports, but it rolls out a little different. Yeah, it is. I know I've been having a lot of in-depth discussions with promoters to see what we're going to do this summer. About your we'll, tour? We'll have an announcement soon. Yeah, you'll we'll just, have an announcement soon. You'll be on 1280 The Zone like normal, screaming your head off. <laughs> I mean, you call it singing, but we call it screaming your head off. <laughs> screaming my head off. Yes! Come on. Hey, I've got a name for you. What do you got? That shortstop? Yeah. I've been told his name is Preston Wingett. And for all of you college coaches, give Preston Wingett a call because you're not going to regret it. This kid loves ball. And I've never spoken a word to him, this, but I give him my highest recommendation. This is a story you told earlier about uh, going to a high school game. Yes. And seeing a kid who got to play a few games before the season has gotten – I don't think they've, they've – they haven't canceled yet. Canceled it completely yet, have they? I think it's just that they're going to reevaluate in May. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's the high school level. So I really am just uh, I'm hurt for those kids, boys and girls, and especially the seniors who don't get this opportunity to have this senior season. Hopefully, they can salvage some of it. Kirk Herbstreit telling TMZ he thinks the virus could cancel the college football season. He thinks it could have the same impact on the NFL season. Uh, question of the day, how much would that suck? Uh, Jared Eborn tweets at us for sports radio hosts. Oh, Jared. Be, yeah, for sports radio hosts, it would be torture. Uh, for all but the teams and coaches, it would hurt a wee bit, but we'd accept it as the new norm after two missed games. That's interesting. Are we going to adapt to the new normal that uh, is whatever event gets canceled. I mean, it's like no, there was no outcry over the U.S. Open getting canceled. It's kind of, you know, they're rolling through the dates. It's a couple months out. It's a, you know, June Father's Day deal, and they canceled it. And, uh, you know, when March Madness was canceled, when the NBA was canceled, it's like, the NBA was canceled! And now it's like, yep, yeah, well, the U.S. Open, uh, well, we'll see if they can reschedule it like the Masters or if it just goes away, but, you know, stay tuned. But it's not happening in June. We just kind of rolled with that. Yeah, but I mean, because that'll be rescheduled, though. And even if it doesn't play, it'll be next year. Yeah. And it'll be the year after, and the year after, the year after. And a pro's got a 20 year golf career, right? And the college kids have four years. Yeah. Right. So it's it's completely different. Yeah. I mean, you can play 
you know, we'll be talking about in 2021. Is Tiger Woods healthy enough to play? (laughs) 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 That story's not going to change, so it doesn't really matter. We'll miss it, but we can deal with it on a temporary basis. But you start getting into college football, man. That just dominates us, particularly for us, because that's the start of the new year, basically. And we haven't had big-time Major League Sports since the Jazz finished. And with the colleges, and, you know, with BYU playing the schedule that they play, and uh, Utah and the Pac-12, and and the Aggies doing well in in the Mountain West, that gives us a sense of, hey, look at us a little bit here. We've got a good thing going on. And, you know, the Utes with all these kids that, uh, I assume they say they're going to hold the draft here at the, uh, the end of April. And, you know, we're going to hear a bunch of kids get their names called. And that, that we're, we're a player. We're a player in this thing, too. You know, it's that, that type of thing. Our community goes bizar- goes just berserk and bonkers over these things. And and we want to have them, man. We all want to have them. We'll, we'll get by. To me, is the sports radio angle... That sure, obviously, the more teams and the more winning, the better it is for us. But we'll get by. We'll figure. I'll sing some more. We'll have some more fun. We'll go crazy. You know, that's like there's a big deal. Oh, the media they miss the BYU Utah. Well, actually, not playing gave us way more stuff to talk about <laughs> than playing. Quiet. <laughs> so literally, every don't team give the secret away. Sports is cyclical. <laughs> Literally, every team that people think that we're completely married to and dependent on, in the time you and I have been doing this, every local team has sucked. It's hard to say at the time because nobody wants to think they're sucking. But when you get back and you can really step back and be honest, you can look at a period of you know, two years or three years or four years or whatever it is and say, "Woo, that was a valley." We sucked right then. Nobody wants to say it when they're in it. Well, not nobody. You know, some people don't want to say it when they're in it. But, man, I mean, the two years the youth went five and seven, that sucked. And, I, and we all get why it happened and the transition of the conference, but it still sucked. You, you talked to people who were living it every day and their paycheck depended on it, and they would tell you, this sucks. Three years of BYU oh, yeah, football. Sure. Croton was there four years. The first year was great, but the next three years sucked. Four or five wins every year. I mean, it sucked. And, and the Jazz rebuild post the D-Will trade and uh, Jerry Sloan quitting and then Kevin O'Connor leaving. I mean, th- there was a three- or four-year run. I mean, it was at the start of the year, and everybody could look at it and go, eh, yeah, how good are they going to be? Either they're going to be bad, or if everything comes together, they can be mediocre. You know, if they really just play their butts off, they got a chance to be mediocre. Yeah, and they were an eight seed one year, and I think one year they had a winning record and a lockout shortened year and still didn't crack the top eight, 36 and 30 or something like that. So they've been downtime. So, yeah, the sports radio angle, we'll get through it. We, we've gotten through the Utes being bad, the Cougars being bad, the, the Jazz being bad. I mean, the Utes have just gone four years without making the NCAA basketball tournament. You get through it. You know, there's something else going on. Not a one-trick pony, yeah, PK. They're not a one-trick pony. No, it's— I think it's more about the community because I think our community really rallies around college football, and that would be a major blow. Yeah. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. for Because also, too, it's what it stands to represent. And if you can't do that, 
what other stuff can't you do that are real and is real in your day-to-day life? Because right. it's probably not going to be, oh, everything goes exactly the way it should be, except we're not playing college football. No, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be something else. And what aren't we allowed to do day-to-day life? And what are the school situations for our kids and at the colleges and all that stuff? What else is involved and this is an unprecedented time, obviously, and none of us want it. We all wanted to get back to normal as soon as possible. <laughs> Emilio, whatever that, that is, I don't know. Emilio tweets at us, "No, we can't have a year with no college football." <laughs> and he put a gift in, and it's Tom Cruise throwing a chair through a window in Mission Impossible. So that's a calm reason for approach, right there. Thank you, Emilio. Uh, Popcorn Lancer says it's way too early to make that kind of call on college football not happening. Uh, But at the same time, Daniel tweets at us, uh, I think it goes without saying, DJ. He retweets the Kirk Herbstreet, thinks that uh, the virus could cancel the college season. And Daniel says, I think it goes without saying. Daniel's, Daniel's writing it off. March 30th, he's just writing off the fall football season. No, I'm definitely not doing that yet. It's it's too early, and it's probably because we're starting to get into my heart. Uh, the other stuff came at us so quickly yeah. that there was no time to ponder. No, it's there wasn't. Like, okay, uh, I, I can remember doing what I always do, uh, 6.30, quarter to 7, sitting down to turn on the television when they're away to watch the Jazz play. And then you start seeing what's going on. And then the slew of announcements. What was that? That was, uh, what, was, was a, Wednesday. a Wednesday. If it was I a Wednesday correctly. in Oklahoma City. Yeah, so, the game was supposed to tip at six yeah, mountain and then time. It was yeah. just, By Friday, everything right, was canceled. So it would have been an, an earlier. So that snowball effect of news, it's like I was just, like everybody was, we're taking one body blow after another. This is gone. This is gone. This is gone. This is gone. I couldn't keep up, man. Right. It was a conveyor belt of bad news. And here with the college football, it's a different situation because we've got all this time to ponder it and anticipate it and look forward to it. And so to have this slow thing, because they're not going to be making any decisions on this, what, probably at least another six to eight weeks minimum, if not more. So we've got all this time to think about it and debate it and go back and forth, whereas the other thing just hits you one after another. You couldn't keep up with all the news that goes like NBA free agency when it hits on July 1, the first couple of days, and and you're like, oh, wow, this guy got moved, this guy got moved, and then two weeks later you can't remember all the moves because there were so many of them. And it was like that's what it was with this situation here a couple weeks back. All this news was coming at you so quickly. But here on this college football, I mean, they've got time to dissect and look, as, as Mark Harlan said, just for practice, right? Just for practice, they have five different scenarios, right? That's for spring football, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the start of the summer, I think how to handle the summer. So it's just uh, wait and see for the official announcement. But there are people willing to make predictions. Richard says BYU fans would have a legitimate claim at a share of the 2020 National Championship. And the Zone Sports Network would dedicate hours of live radio to the idea. (laughs) You'd fan. Wait, if I click on this, is he going to be an Aggie fan? What's he talking about? You got a 50 50 shot. He's saying that the uh, what he's saying is if there's no football season, then we'll spend a lot of time talking about how great BYU would have been. 
Oh, yeah. Because the preseason well, I mean, hype for so Cougars many years. Above, yeah. 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 I mean, I love BYU above the other two <laughs> dramatically. I mean, I'm not denying that. Yeah. I've been clean as can be on that. I've come forward. I mean, look at me. I'm the standard profile. I grew up. Oh, wait a second. I grew up in New Jersey. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Okay, didn't, 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 yeah, it didn't really follow there. Yeah, but let's run that but by A-Rod. Ahead. I don't care what you think. Let's run that by A-Rod tomorrow about how much you hated him when he was at the U and how much you love him now he's at the Y. Let's see if he buys any of that. Oh, for sure. Or for radio purposes, I, you can I, flip I, it I around. How much you loved him when he was at the U and how much you hate him now that he's at the Y. <laughs> You have now. Nah, well, the thing with A Rod is, I hated him at Utah, and I hated him. Even more oh, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just hate all the way around. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's A Rod. Who, who likes A Rod? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I have a funny <laughs> story about what a good recruiter A Rod is. What, remind me to bring that up tomorrow. No, no, I don't want to. No, we want to bring it up with A-Rod there because we want his reaction. Oh. We want his reaction. He's going to be on the show oh, tomorrow. Okay. So I have no memory. You have no memory. I have a 5% chance of remembering. You have a 5% chance of remembering. Yak, it's up to you. You're younger and sharper than both of us, Yak. Make it happen, okay? I want to bring it up. I'll tell you what. I, here, well, Yach, I can... Here's the thing to remember. It involves, the, it involves uh, dinner at a restaurant. Remember that, okay? Easy enough. All right, there it is. I could tell you a little bit of this story here because I just saw somewhere along the line here. It must have been so, – oh, I know it was on social media. I don't know which form. But the Stanford quarterback, the LDS kid, McKee, Tanner just McKee, got back yeah. from his mission from, from somewhere. I, I don't know where he went. But uh, I don't know if he was sent home because of this situation or he just completed his, his time. But I do know that uh, there was some conversation – with A-Rod and the family before the kid left. And the kid's committed to Stanford, and I expect him to go to Stanford. But when the point I'm bringing up, you speak of A-Rod being a good recruiter, is that uh, he got hired there, and there wasn't a whole lot of time uh, for kids to change their minds, and this kid, Tanner, didn't. But he allowed, once A-Rod got there, there was such credibility that the family met at maybe even more than A-Rod. Maybe it was Kalani and, and uh, some other folks. I don't remember. But once A-Rod got hired, the, fam- the, the McGee family met with him. They wanted to meet with him to, to have some interaction. And I don't know that that was happening before A-Rod got there. But the point being, I think he has some stature in the recruiting world. And I'm not saying the kid's going to now go to BYU now that he's home or any of that stuff. I'm just saying that they were able to talk to him and have an opportunity to at least make a pitch and with the idea of, hey, if anything changes. And who knows? I mean, that's how they ended up getting Taysom Hill, right? He was a Stanford commit, and then he ends up going to BYU. And now uh, – what is he going to be? Saints backup, it looks like. To, yeah. No, no, he's better. I, I was told he was better than Lamar Jackson, right, Yaka? According to one former BYU alum, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> did you not see this? <laughs> How did I miss you this? Was this while I was you out? You didn't see this story? No, you. No, it, this, uh, it might have been. Still, though, it was on all over Twitter. Like it got picked up by national outlets. Yeah. yeah. My man, I, my that, man, Brady, Brady. Brady Papinga. Oh, why didn't I know that? that? Why didn't I know that? uh, No, that was while I was out because I saw you guys having a back and forth about getting him on. I didn't know what it was about. Gotcha. 
Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, well. First off, that would be awesome if it's true. Lamar Jackson is the poor man's Taysom Hill or something. Some <laughs> such. Is that what it was? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bad. Oh man. Bad. Well, may it be true. That would be awesome. But like Lamar Jackson, you have Lamar unanimous Jackson's, MVP in the conversation. He's here. not my favorite NFL quarterback. I'm all about Mahomes. I, I find Mahomes wildly entertaining. I, I'm really at the point that I could watch the Kansas City Chiefs play anybody. I mean, everybody watched their big games, right? Kansas City is scheduled to play New England, so assuming Herb Street's wrong and that schedule happens. Uh, I, I mean, not New England, sorry. Play Tampa Bay. You know, And so we're all curious about how Brady's going to do in Tampa Bay. And so... Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to watch that game. But I'd watch the Chiefs play whatever 4-12 and 12 dog and smoke them just to watch Mahomes. But, I mean, Lamar, Lamar Jackson is awesome. I mean, he's not my favorite, but he's awesome. Oh, man. You know, I will say that for the, uh, for the kids who've come back now, and everybody's situation is different. So in any one-off, but I think for the majority of the kids who've come back now, with they need to watch whatever doubt there is about spring football and, and the fact that they're coming back late and it's kind of a surprise, and if the fall season's in doubt. and I think the first person I heard float conference season only was Bronco Mendenhall, but I really think a lot of them uh, don't enroll in the fall. Enroll and start the clock uh, January 1. And, uh, and take your chances then. You know, push the envelope now when you're fresh off a mission and what kind of shape are you in and who knows what's happening with uh, practice and all that. It seems like there's a lot of doubt and just kind of, you know, the scholarship situation will clear up a little bit for you. And, uh, you know, the season, I think we'll have more certainty about the 2021 season. I don't see any reason to rush it for any of those kids who just came home. Maybe some kid will have individual circumstances that are one-off. But for the majority of them, I would say, lay, you know, slow play this all the way. Yeah, but I think uh, those kids come home with this level of maturity, and it's not exclusively about sports. I mean, they're looking to start their education and get their degrees sooner. So when you factor that in, obviously the sooner you start it, the the quicker you get out. So I think it'll be a no, there'll be some one-off situation, situation right. basis. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was what Taysom, what what David Shaw told me is that uh, Jim Harbaugh had promised him a scholarship at mid-semester or mid-year, and Stanford doesn't do that, and Jim was gone. And uh, so Jim, <laughs> that was, that was the, what, what Shaw had told me, and I don't want to give up everything that Shaw told me, but basically Jim was, uh, yeah, sure, sure, Taysom, whatever, whatever you say, <laughs> Jim, buddy. Was, Jim was wheeling and dealing. That's the bottom line. We can read between the lines. Yeah. You don't have to give me Shaw's quote. I was there. I was not there. I don't know because you tend to go and I tend to be here. I haven't been to a Pac-12 media day. Uh, but you're always there. So, I don't know. But I can read between the lines there. Jim was wheeling and dealing. <laughs> yeah, and then it turns out he wasn't there. Right, and didn't have to answer for it. Then Shaw said his hands were stuck, and he's tied, and he actually thought going to BYU was an excellent opportunity for Taysom, and so he was in favor of it if that's what the kid wanted to do. And obviously he went there, and now, I mean, he's better than Lamar Jackson, apparently. Well, let's hold off on that. <laughs> I've always loved me some Brady Papinga. Oh, yeah. Now, if I, if I want a rational discussion, I'm going to go to Kelly Papinga. <laughs> but if I want something off the wall... I'm going to go to Brady. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brady. All right. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland's coming up at 905. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. 
This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Nevin Lawson joins us. Now, Nevin, my co-host Tony here, <laughs> he is really well known for being really good at voice impressions. Just for a moment, let's have a little fun here. You know John Gruden. Tony's going to do his best <laughs> Coach Gru impersonation for you. I want to see uh, what, how you would grade this. <laughs> Let me get uh, on the field situation. All right, Going man. at it with the referee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, ref, man. Listen up, man. I mean, what, what, how do you throw a flag in that situation? I mean, he's not offsides. He's standing right there. You're standing right here. I'm offsides. I'm over here, man. You got to learn how to do your job, man. What do you think, Nevin? Could he pass? Oh, that's impressive. That's definitely impressive. <laughs> Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yes! We talked about a quick pass to half court. But with people playing behind Christian Leitner... Chevy Strong play of the game. Obviously, we have to dip into the archives. And Yach didn't even consult us on this. He made an executive decision. Happened over the weekend, what? We're talking, that was 92, maybe? Two, I think. Yeah, 92. So. so 28 years ago, that was an Elite Eight game. And Duke takes down Kentucky and goes on to repeat his national chance. Christian Leitner's famous shot. Know it today at 450 on the Big Show, and you can win fabulous prizes. All right, DJ and PK, time to bring in Johnny Hanna now, CEO and co-founder of Homie. Johnny, good morning. Good. Hey, Johnny. Good morning. How are you? You're up, yeah, Johnny. Good. We're doing well this morning. I got to say, I was a little surprised when we got the CEO and co-founder of Homie, but then it occurred to me and I asked Yak, wait a minute, Homie was founded here in Utah. He's a local guy, isn't he? Yeah, I'm I'm in Orem in my house right now. So, <laughs> so, so uh, most people have seen the homie billboards and know uh, basically what you do, buying and selling homes. But uh, when did you kick this all off and get it started? How long has homie been around? You know, we started in 2016. We started as you know a real estate company helping people buy and sell, and we just moved into mortgages. We moved into insurance. We're now a title company. Just you know, creating a a one-stop shop experience, just trying to cut cut the fees at each stop along the way. Well, you may have started here in Utah, but I got some Arizona roots, and I understand you're doing some business down there, too. Yeah, yeah, Arizona's going really well for us. We just opened Las Vegas about a, a month ago, so, yeah, our, our goal is to expand nationwide. So uh, PK and I are not in the uh, in the mode of buying homes now. We bought and Yak too. Yak has bought a home now too. But uh, along the lines of that, you're in multiple phases of the industry now. Uh, what's happening with refinancing right now? Where does that stand? You know, refinancing it's it's pretty good right now. Um, you know, we've seen requirements increase a little bit for certain buyers just in in the place that we're at. But for those that are well qualified, nothing's really changed. Um, last week in particular, you know, we ended with an APR of 3.379%. So it's, it's still a really good time to refinance right now. And we're seeing, uh, we're seeing a boom. 
So I've been out to your location there, just west of the freeway there off of I-15. I've done several remotes with Emily, and she comes on and tells us about it. And I think the gist of it, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you can save folks money because you're not charging as much for all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you add all those different services together, um, there's definitely a benefit as a company. So, you know, initially... We just were helping people remove the realtor fees to where you just paid a flat fee instead of paying that 6% commission. But on, on the lender side, there's a ton of fat there too. On refinancing, there's so much money involved. And that's where, you know, we decided we can, we can you know, basically guarantee um, <clears throat> to beat anyone else's locked loan estimate or we'll pay you $500. So just on loans, you know, we've only had to pay that out once, but, you know, it just, it makes it worth it to shop around. You know, you're either going to get a lower rate or you're going to get $500 back. So th- there's just, there's so much opportunity throughout the process to lower fees and save consumers money. You know, over the course of my life, uh, buying a home has changed a lot. We, uh, my family moved when I was in junior high and that involved going out with a realtor on multiple weekends and getting dragged along to see all these uh, different homes in this area we were going to move to. And then it was what it was like when my wife and I did it, which, you know, everything was kind of computerized, and you could really say, hey, I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and they could narrow it down to a list of homes. But now, how much are you using technology with social distancing? I know people who started doing drone work in real estate so that you can kind of tour homes virtually. Where does all that stand? Because now social distancing is a big with every business, and I'm sure it is with Homey, too. It is really big. Yeah. And, and it's, it's been a concern for us. You know, we want to make sure our people are safe. We want to make sure our clients are safe. So yeah, I mean, everything we've, we've been trying to push our clients to do, um, just videos, you know, video tours. We've, we've told our agents, um, they can do video tours if the, if the clients don't want to get out of their house. So it's, it's altered our business a little bit, but for the most part, People been using technology, and most people shop from home using, you know, Homey.com, Zillow, KSL. They go to multiple websites, and and they already are doing virtual tours. So, it hasn't shifted things too much for us. So, uh, you got to uh, guarantee because you know people always like a deal, and our listeners certainly like deals. You got a guarantee for folks? Yeah, um, I, I think on the the refinance that piece in particular. Mm-hmm. You, if if you uh, share your locked loan estimate with us, we'll guarantee to beat it, or we'll give you five hundred dollars. And so it it just makes it's a no brainer just to shop us, and and see if we can beat your rate. And if we can't, you get five hundred dollars. So you're either going to get a lower rate or some cash in your pocket. Johnny Hanna, CEO and co-founder of Homie. How do they find you? Um, they can just go to homieloans.com. That's the uh, easiest place to go. All right, Johnny, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Steve Cleveland's coming up next.